My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best. May the force be with you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk all things Star Wars. My name is Colin. I'm Josh. And I'm Hunter. And as you can see, other people in our group have lives, apparently. So, uh, what a concept. Yeah, I know. Crazy. No, disgusting. Um, <laughs> so, it is just going to be the three of us, but that's okay because this episode was a lot. And, 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 and the new episode of The Mandalorian was also a lot, too. Um, uh, yeah. Yes, it was. Yes. And don't worry. We will definitely get all of your guys' thoughts. Um, I saw, uh, I saw Josh was watching our live stream earlier too so yeah so let's uh let us break it down um first off let's talk about our um our our overall thoughts um about this episode like um what was your guys's actual mindsets of going and into the episode did you think it was going to be about crosshair or did you think it was going to be another side mission (laughs) I mean, I've been hoping this whole season that we're going to get more episodes from Crosshair, but it's, I was kind of just like along for the ride. I was like, all right, we're going to get something and it's going to be fun regardless of what it is. Yeah. But I did, I was hoping that it would be something impactful to the overall theme and story of the season. And yep. we definitely got that. Agreed. Yeah, I was thinking like timeline wise, I was like, okay, last week I knew for sure it was going to be some form of like Imperial perspective episode. It was less than I expected. We still had it. So I was really, I honestly was expecting this to be like the last Bad Batch side mission episode of everything. So it was, it was a I, nice yeah. surprise to have Crosshair. I know there was a lot of like people speculating about Delta Squad. And as much as I would have loved it in my heart of hearts, I knew it wasn't going to happen <laughs> now. Like they got, if it if it's going to happen, if we're going to get the introduction, introduction of Delta Squad, it's going to happen so much closer to the finale or like teasing it for third season. It's not going to be now. Yeah, but no, yeah. I mean, I did not expect a crosshair episode to be completely honest, and I was really happy that we got one. I uh, I feel bad for Star and Cap because they're not here this week to just <laughs> just to fully uh, freak out. Yeah, Star would just decide, be like, gushing. Yeah, we could just sit back and let Star talk for two hours, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. that that just have her record a nice long monologue, and you can splice in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> yes, she sure has lots of thoughts. <laughs> say yeah. yeah uh so this episode is called the outpost uh i know the other josh and i were really hoping it was going to be black spire outpost we were very wrong but it's always <laughs> nice to dream uh and the opening of it uh takes place on coruscant um we see as the um new stormtroopers are coming in we have the clone troopers coming out uh and they're they're retiring. There is one clone that is um, complaining about he doesn't really want to retire yet. He wants to go and fight some of the insurgents. Uh, how do we feel about that? I This is only the start of the episode, but I think this whole episode was super, super heavy as far as symbolism is concerned. And I'm not usually like a symbolism guide, like high school English class. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe the walls are just this color because the author liked that <laughs> color. 
But this episode definitely, I think, really, really hit that home with the the stormtroopers going in, the clones coming out, the everything that the clones are doing on. Uh, did they even say the planet the outpost was on? No, I think it's Vandor though from Solo. I hope oh. it's Vandor. okay. Um, but I mean, regardless, like yeah. everything with the clones being there and protecting new TK armor there, as soon as they land, there's vultures flying overhead of the clones. Yeah. There's it, yeah, you get the picture and it's, it's a lot of symbolism and a lot of growth for crosshair and a lot of them showing the situation of the clones. Yeah. yeah. Later when we touch on, when we get to the part of the episode where there's the avalanche, there's one visual metaphor I really, really liked. And I want to talk about it, but uh, I mean, as just for the opening shot, is this the first time we've seen this part of the, like the Geonosis Memorial in daytime lighting? Because uh, I remember seeing it at night in the early in the Bad Batch. I remember it was raining when Ahsoka was running through. I don't ever remember seeing this section of the Republic. I think you're right. Base, of course. I, I, yeah, I, 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 right. Yeah. Which was very interesting to me how, why the Republic always was in the dark, but now that it's the Empire and the clones are leaving, it's now, it's like it's almost shining a light on this section. I don't really know why they chose to do that. If anything, well, well, you're hiding the, the clones being kicked out more than anything. Something you also have to kind of consider is that it's, it's, it's just like with Camino, there were episodes where, where, we were surprised to see when it wasn't raining and we were all just mm-hmm. like, wait, what? Um, but for Coruscant, I, I, to me, it was a matter of time before they would show like, you know, certain sections of the planet during the day. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm glad that we, um, that were kind of seeing that transition, like f- finally of the empire to the clones as sad as it is. I'm excited because that means we're getting closer to see them transition into the original tk armor uh and that is where i want to see that like of them go and do that by the end of, the, of this season that's my hope yeah I know either by sounds... the end of the season or the end of the series i think it'd be really cool yeah. and we know they have awesome models for it from the end yeah. of clone yeah. wars and i think it'd be super cool to see when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The snowtroopers in Clone Wars. Oh my gosh, you know, I, I live for those designs. <laughs> Even the TKs, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that scene and just seeing the the TKs and the snowtroopers and and a bunch of the different stuff from the Empire in the Clone Wars format, like in the mm-hmm. animation, was beautiful. And I just sat there and I'm like, why didn't we get this for Star Wars Rebels? Like, why was Rebels not Clone Wars animation? But I still appreciate Rebels. Don't get me wrong, but I wish it was in the Clone Wars animation because it, it was so cool. But we see um, uh, Crosshair just kind of observing everything, and then we see him meet a new lieutenant. His name is Lieutenant Nolan. Uh, 
sounds like he's really never seen battle and he just acts like you know he's more superior and uh, just immediate hatred and loathing for this oh character. yeah yeah oh, he mm-hmm. just immediately talks and acts and like everything about him is just like you're a jerk I know we don't swear on this podcast, but I would like to swear <laughs> in describing this guy. <laughs> like, he opens with, you're out of uniform, and Crosshair's yeah. like, okay, puts on his helmet, and yeah. he's like, hey, like, now you're in uniform. Was that so hard? It's like, he already did almost everything else there. Like, it's such a small, minute thing. He's just tr- he's just trying to find things to yeah. meet. Uh, and yeah. something else in this episode is we actually see a lot of similarities to what veterans of our society deal with today and then we also kind of see you know a, a, a lot of things that did happen in war where you would definitely have um uh you know these new ranking officers higher than everyone but they've never experienced anything and, and they would come in and they would just you know act cocky and try and prove themselves um because they were power hungry and everything and we definitely see that in this episode a lot with lou with Lieutenant Nolan and Crosshair kind of gets his perspective on, you know, on what the empire really is. Um, and we also know right off the bat that Lieutenant Nolan doesn't like clones. Like he's like, they are, they are used up. I don't like used tools, something in the lines of that. And I was like, dang, he's not holding back at all. Um, do we think that he knows that Crosshair is technically a clone? Yeah, I mean, he opens with calling him by his clone identification yeah. number. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah, almost for sure. Th- well, the reason why I was saying that was because he was just full out like in- insulting the clones right in front of Crosshair, like Crosshair wasn't a clone, and I was like, man, he. Just I think he care. just doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mix doesn't I, care. I do... Also, Crosshair's so separated from the rest of the clones. Like from what we saw yeah. in the season, like he eats alone in the corner. He's like a kid that got left behind at a play place. I, I think that's a really interesting thing too, because the one ever one other episode that we saw Crosshair in brought him back closer to the clones, and now in this episode we see more of that too. Yeah. Um, it with uh, Mayday, just like he's kind of just immediately buddies with crosshair which i thought was like cool it shows that camaraderie um and i think it's obviously i don't know if we want to wait and talk about the ending at the end of the podcast but this whole episode is crosshair's transition back into like clone mode if you could call it or at least that's how i viewed a lot of what happened to him like as far as his personal struggles go yeah, no, I uh, I thought his journey from, I mean, yes, again, it sucks that we haven't got that much of him this season. This is the only, this is the second episode that we've gone across here this entire season. But the, but I feel like every time that Crosshair has appeared on screen this season, he's made such, such an impact on the story. And, uh, and that, um, and you like kind of see him kind, kind of tracking back and being like, I may have made a mistake of leaving my brothers Mm -hmm. and sometimes the biggest like issue is not admitting that you were in the wrong. And I think he's gonna, you know, slowly see that he was, um, Mm -hmm. 
uh, in, in, in the future episodes. And again, we'll talk about the ending. But we see that um, we see them go to the planet. We have them meet Mayday. Um, Josh, you said this is the same that you're thinking this is the same planet I, from Solo. I think it's Vandor, mainly okay. because we know Vandor had an Imperial outpost on it for storing Quaxium yep. and lots of other valuable things for the Empire. And also, it's you know a very snowy, mountainous planet yeah. region. That's yeah. The there's no other snowy, region. mountainous planets yeah. in Star Wars. Well, well um, with big, ginormous mountains is like yeah. the primary landscape. Yes. So, no, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> uh, do you guys remember from the original Star's Battlefront? There, there was the planet Renvar. The, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So that showed up. That's actually that was from the original Clone Wars game, the yeah. tie-in for the movies. I played the heck out of that game. I loved. I I, I loved that game. I also yeah. love the. Um. Uh. I I I just love that planet. Be yeah. because yes, it was snowy, but it was also foggy. So when you were going through, like you like would not see like the giant tanks coming on through, and you would have to like mm-hmm. try and hide and stuff. Yeah. I and and, and the caves are really cool too. And I don't think it's canon anymore, but I would love to see that. What's the planet's name? Um, it's called Renvar. yeah, it's called Renvar. It was first seen in Star Wars Battlefront, right? And no. then it made it. Oh, so it was in the Clone Wars game. Yeah, the Clone Wars game came out before Battlefront. Right. Yeah, because of the uh, original Battlefront came out in two thousand and two. Yeah, and did it actually show up first in um, Starfighter? Or Jedi Outcast, or one. I think I might have shown up in one other game before. Clone Wars. I think you're right. Think so you're right. in Legends, Renvar appeared in a lots of things. Uh, apparently, it appeared in Tales of the Jedi, uh, Old Republic, uh, a lot of Old Republic stuff. Battlefront. Wait, Battlefront 2, Clone do we Wars know if it was like the Tales of the Jedi show? Or nope. Sorry, was it... it's ta- it's an old Tales of the Jedi Redemption comic book in yeah, canon, which sense. it does still have appearances in canon. Uh, it was in the Ultimate Star Wars book, uh, Build the Millennium Falcon twenty one, the Visual Guide, oh. the Force Awakens Beginner Guide, Helmet Collection, and then a the First Order, Order Star Wars Encyclopedia. So it's only been in text in current canon oh, okay interesting all right well cool well yeah well i just thought of that planet as soon as i um as, as soon as we got there because i love playing that in i just thought the mountains looked cool <laughs> <laughs> and and now we're here uh but yeah so we we meet the clone uh we meet the clone mayday um he uh, he doesn't look like you're traditional clone he's got wrappings on his armor he's got a full-out beard um he he has an attitude and he does not care uh and and he definitely he definitely sticks it to nolan because of lieutenant nolan was trying to you know tell him like hey you know i'm your lieutenant i rank you and then he's like uh i'm your commander and then he's like oh but in reality we know that that at this point, um, all the people in the Empire definitely outrank any of the commanding officers of the clones. Um, and even though no one wants to admit it, that's definitely how it's coming off. Yeah. Uh, uh, but one other thing I want to point out about the lieutenant, too, uh, that I think is a 
an interesting, like ironic visual choice. His helmet is actually the top half to a snow clone helmet yeah. that we saw in Order of Plutonia at the beginning, like the, the cool outfit Rex had and stuff. That's yep. just the top half of that. Yeah. And it, it even, even had like, like the, the same, same paint. Yeah. yeah. Also, whenever they're walking outside, like you can see the direction the snow is moving and you see snow accumulating on their armor on the Dude, side that's like blowing the from. animation's so good it was cl- animation was clean and we say this every week but it's yeah, yeah. just <laughs> amazing the, the like the, the wide shots yeah the wide shots now are surpassing matte painting level yeah to like photo real computer generated almost there's okay. some shots where it, like when it's just you know the landscape and you're like is bad batch live action now like yeah. they just yeah, like right. that's, that's hit what the I head and now it's a live action show yeah yeah that happens a lot like i um uh i just remember the episode of where i mean i guess i i consider it the the indiana jones episode but of where they're landing like on the planet that all looks live action to me like I, I yeah mean, like as, as as soon as they step out of the ship then you're like oh it's animation but before that that looked like like live yeah. action and i was blown away so yeah. the animations come a like a long way uh and i actually just started re-watching the clone wars in chronological order and i think the worst animated episode was the was the one where r2 gets lost and they have to go find him i think to me that was probably like the lowest Wait, quality one? Um, it was the first one. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, again, I love those stories, but I think that one was probably like the lowest for the animation. And, um, uh, and it's, and honestly, it's just come a long way. Like the incredible. Yeah. It's And even like comparing the, the clone Wars snow episode and seeing how the snow reacted to the characters. Yeah. Just in that single episode to now seeing how the growth of, just the particle effects and how the snow reacts to these characters moving mm-hmm. through it. So stellar to see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we then get the task from Lou, Lou, Lieutenant Croy um, of them talking about like, Hey, we like have to defend this area because they've been breaking in. And then all of a sudden they, um, uh, when, when crosshairs kind of out, like on, on a scouting mission and everything, you like hear them getting attacked two clones get killed uh and uh and then he he goes up in his tower and he's trying to snipe and and everything and then we see the explosion which which blow, which blows up the ship that they came in but also it has him taking off um uh his uh his helmet because the the light has really messed with his senses and he's got um I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Um, like his like mutation is, is is like his eyesight. Like he's got strong eyesight. Yeah, I mean, it almost to me seems like they're hinting at him having something like PTSD. Yeah, which I you, the same thing for Camino. Yeah, right. And you already kind of hinted at some of the stuff in this episode being similar to real life situations with veterans. And this yeah. is another yeah. thing I think that makes the struggle of the clones feel really real and visceral yeah. and it, it highlights their human aspect even more than we've been getting before this. Yeah. It's, 
it's super super um sad and um and it's also crazy to me i mean all right so how do you like it when they have like here's star wars you know it's a galaxy far far away but then they have like those real life themes where you're like oh wait i i i uh um i can you know see it as also this how do you feel about them kind of mixing star wars with the real life themes i i think it's kind of a unique thing at least for me and the the way i feel about star wars star wars has always felt very real partially because of the way they portray the world as this real and lived in universe so in my mind when i'm watching like episodes of the tv shows or the movies or anything like that like it makes sense when people behave like real life or events kind of follow the same uh, cause and effect type relationship yeah. as they would in like the real world because star wars has always felt like it has a real lived in type vibe if that makes sense no no i i i completely agree i completely agree josh i mean almost to me all star wars content all star wars media from books the podcast they used to do in like the eighties to the video games, everything just builds out the world that was created in 1977. Like everything builds out and it just is to expand on the lore that was presented there. So seeing, you know, that lived in world that Hunter was talking about, it builds all that out and having these kind of more personal topics, I guess, like these human topics that are discussed commonly in the modern day, seeing them reflected here and how they're dealt with in this more fictional reality kind of it, it helps reflect and lets us think about how we look at the world around us as well. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of fiction and media reflecting the world and it gives another perspective and another viewpoint that we might not have ever considered before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, uh, and I think that is the, I, I think that's also the beauty of Star Wars 2 is like is that yes it's 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 sci-fi and all that stuff but it's something that we can also relate to um and um there's so many of those real life themes but getting back into the um and and into the episode we have them go um track down one of the uh of the people that he sniped um that that crosshair sniped and they are trying to um find two of the crates that lieutenant nolan has tasked them to find which we also know that they have the option of of uh waiting until the next day because then they could have had more reinforcements but it sounded like nolan wanted to get rid of yeah. every single clone and i don't know if that was a side mission i don't know if that was a secret task uh, but you could definitely tell that was his main ob objective of being like, you know, I'm, I'm, I might not do it, but some way all these clones have to go. So he yeah, knew it was going to be a suicide mission. I took it as just that the selfishness of the empire coming through and not caring what happens to these other troopers. Yeah. Um, and we have them, uh we have them go in the cave and then like they like find the guy they like keep on walking 
and then you have crosshair step on a trip mine um now we haven't seen these trip mines uh in any of the shows yet but i think there's a it looks very similar to the trip mine that they have in the new star wars battlefront 2 that um that came out a couple of years back because that's definitely one of the um type of like second weapons that you can use I think the first thing that popped in my head when he did step on the trip mine was the scene from, um, have we seen the Kingsman movies? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, So the first thing that popped in my head was, was when the character Merlin stepped on the trip mine. I was like, Oh no. I was like, Oh no, man. I'm glad I didn't have to listen to Crosshair sing country. Almost heaven. Of what I would have given to hear Bradley Baker (laughs) sing. (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) oh man but uh um, but yeah so we we have um we have crosshair like kind of low-key like panicking but at the same time he's like okay okay and then you have mayday he's like oh man you know i like here's some action this is fun so he then kind of does a um he has these small pins he like pins down the mine um and he kind of talks to um he kind of talks to crosshair you know about what he did during the war and he you know he then wants to you know know what force he served and and he talks about the bad batch by saying like oh it was close for force 99 and then he asks hey what happened to him and just instantly was just like they're gone and he didn't talk about it he's like probably been trying to kind of hold that back he's been trying to keep it down and uh because you know in a way which we kind of find out later is that he's been suppressing a lot of these emotions and i think he's been in denial um Mm -hmm. for a very long time yeah he almost pauses when mayday asks him hey what happened to them he kind of there's that that blank stare and you can tell there's something going on in his head and then he says, yeah, they're gone. And Mayday clearly just assumes that they're like dead. Because um, he's like, oh, we're the survivors. But obviously there's more there. And we see as the episode progresses that Crosshair is, Crosshair is having a lot of internal struggles and things are changing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I also really liked the kind of Chekhov's discussion of Crosshair saying, you know, the dead body is just dead weight. You know, even if they're brothers, they're dead weight. Don't carry them around. And uh, that, of course, you know, pays off with the theme of the episode. But that was, it was fun to see that discussion. It's fun to see that play out. I also just completely forgot that Crosshair knows that Bad Batch is alive. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? No. Yeah, no I, I know. I know. Didn't do my homework. That's crazy. But- it, like he's you know he's been keeping that secret for a long time and it almost reminds me he's reminding me of darman from imperial command from the imperial commando book yeah when he knows of darman knows of all of his his brothers and his his true family is off on mandalore they're safe they're safe you know enjoying their life and he's still fighting within the cog mm-hmm. of the machine hoping that there's something there for him that he can do uh, rep- repressing those memories, any- anything and everything. So Crosshair right now is really reminding me of Darman's evolution in that book and what it would have become if Karen Travis didn't, if she got to continue the series. But alas. There you go. There you alas. Go. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Alas. 
Ewax. Um, sorry, I don't know why I said that. I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, we have them uh, go to the kind of hideout area of where all the thugs have stolen um, the precious cargo, uh, and they and they infiltrate the base. They go in. Crosshair does his crosshair stuff. He's like sniping. He's shooting. He's you know pew pew. You know all that fun stuff, and uh, and we you know have so that whole fight scene. How do we feel about it? Good. Yes. There's a lot it? going on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there was. Yeah. A, I I think they were just putting in as many enemies as possible to highlight that. Oh, they're screwed. But it was there was I was like, whoa, how are they gonna get out of this? And then Crosshair does his thing like he always does and yeah. so today, but so from so from this fight scene with Crosshair compared to the one in episode three where he's with Commander Cody, which one do you rank higher? I definitely rank the one with Commander Cody, not just because he's in it, but just because that was like a whole Clone Wars um kind of flashback thing for me because like i just yeah. love seeing droids get blown i up. guess are you asking how like rank it as far as like just like an action scene. more or yeah like, action yeah. scene in general um action scene in general yeah i i think i'd still go with the cody one because okay. it's it's a really interesting close quarters fight especially when they're going up that stairwell yeah and there's like, I mean, I hesitate to use the word choreographed because it wasn't uh, performance capture or like actual acting, but the like, I don't know. It, it felt like there was a lot more going on and it felt a lot like how the Bad Batch used to act as a unit. If that makes sense. No, and no. I think that's where all the Bad Batch members really shine. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I like that scene more. I think that scene has better uh, visual acuity for the audience to understand the area that they're in during, during the duration of the fight. It has a variance of locations that the fights are happening in. Uh, I found it much more visually interesting to see that one than this one. This is still fun. This is really fun. This felt like a, a video game where it's like endless spawns waiting for you to find like the Chekhov's gun that you have to do. Uh, but I felt that this one was just kind of it was inserted action and yeah, it worked, but it was much more visually fun and uh, it's easier to understand and see the action in uh, the, the Cody fight. Yeah. Uh, the fight scene ends with them throwing a couple of thermals and the kind of base collapses and they definitely have the crates come out and they find out that the crates are just some of the new stormtrooper armor. Um, I loved this. Yeah. So much, mainly because I mean, not only do we get to see like they get to see this armor and Crosshair has seen this armor before, I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, especially during the Cody episode. But like, so he knows what this is. He knows what this uh, is just about, earlier this episode. Yeah, so like he knows this is going on. He knows this is happening, but uh, Mayhem might not. You know, no. so you get to see that reaction, and also when the avalanche starts and then you see like crosshair looks down at the stormtrooper helmet in the snow and the snow starts to, like part on the visor. Like the eyes are widening, like the eyes are opening to what's actually happening. 
uh, I saw that as a direct correlation to what Crosshair's feeling at that time with the eyes really like widening open and seeing what's happening. Yeah. Uh, again, there was a lot of great things in this episode, but there was also a lot of sadness, a lot of conflict. Um, and I think a lot of eye opening scenes um, for, for Crosshair. And I love like that, that this was definitely like a Crosshair episode and of him just kind of realizing just everything, you know, that, that, that has happened and, and he's slowly coming back to his senses. Um, the only thing that I'm afraid of is that, yes, you know, there will prob- probably be some redemption, but as the redemption happens, I'm really hoping it doesn't happen, but I could see Crosshair like getting killed, um, like kind of being part of that redemption arc um, because that's what usually happens with characters, you know, um, that <laughs> that have yeah. had a very like sad like tale and a very like bad thing. And then like something great is happening for them. All of a sudden they get, you know, stabbed in the back or they get shot or just, some yeah. sad death and i can just see that happening to crosshair and it's gonna be really really sad and and i know star is gonna be very sad if yeah, it's almost good that star's not here now yeah i know i know <laughs> she would be yelling at me but yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah no yeah. i we I could see it going that route yeah. i could see it going the same route for other characters in the batch i i'm gonna be honest like I don't expect any happy endings in Star Wars animated shows anymore just because of the way <laughs> Dave has treated us in the past. Yeah. Like something's going to hurt. Well, something's going to hurt. And I, I hope it, it like it fits that it's going to, I hope it's not just like, it feels like the deaths. If there are deaths, I feel like the yeah. negative consequences feel earned and they feel like natural in the story. Or if they are taken it like, you know, by a snipe bullet or something and it's very sudden, it still feels natural mm-hmm. to the story like it's gonna fit yeah. there rather than just saying oh guys it's like season five we probably should start killing people off now <laughs> <laughs> well that's honestly what the clone wars was because we really knew like of what was gonna happen like all yeah. the way at the end of the clone wars order 66 it was gonna happen so i wasn't worried about anakin or obi-wan or any of the main characters that we've seen in the films but it still hurt of getting all the way there and just I just yeah. remember everything happening with Order 66. If you haven't seen Clone Wars, spoiler alert, but I really hope you have. If, 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 if you're listening if to you this, watch, If you're listening to the Star Wars stuff podcast, podcast I really hope. The Clone Wars. Right. <laughs> what um, are you doing here? <laughs> uh, but just, just seeing the Order 66 episode and then Rex just bursting into tears and being like, Fives, find him. Fives! And then he just starts like shooting. I, 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 I. I just remember my wife and I were sitting there and I was just tearing up. I was like, this, this sucks. This sucks so much. Dude, you already know I cried. Yeah, it's dude. Like oh my God. Ago, right. Like it's been three years. Yeah. Since that, really? Somehow. Yeah. That was so emotional. That was one of the it, most yeah. emotional things. And I, I mean, I'm still like kind of getting emotional about it because I just, um, of just the mention of fives and uh in in that scene and then just seeing like rex trying to fight back the inhibitor chip yeah um, there's there's oh, so much impact yeah there's so much meaning behind everything that he says and every like little shake that he has when he's oh, trying dude. to fight raising it's so body. sad it's so sad yeah. and um and is and that just shows you, you know, how great of a director and writer Dave Filoni is. Um, yeah. 
because even though we knew what was going to happen, we just didn't know how it was going to happen. And it still worked on the, uh, on the level of emotion that we got. And that's, what's probably going to happen. Unfortunately with some of the bad batch, because as you all know um, that we don't see the bad batch with Rex um, uh, when he's in exile. Uh, And maybe one reason why he goes into exile is because he watches a lot of his brothers die um, uh, during some type of rebellion battle of where he where they rally the clones and he just watches, you know, maybe Echo get shot and he watches Commander Cody and just tallies up. And I, 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 I know, I know, but it's it like can't the watch the last domino fall. <laughs> no. Yeah, I will say uh, when we first saw Mayday before I realized he actually had his other eye and he said it's Commander. I thought that was going to be Wolf. Yes, I did, too. Yes. Yeah, I thought we were gonna, this was going to be the wolf introduction. I just uh, see his I eye, had a so. split second of like hyper excitement. I was like, yes, it's him. And then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just another cool clone. I'm still excited, but just not as excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm thinking that we'll probably see Wolf uh, probably the next time that we see Cody. Um, and I mean, well, probably the next time we see Rex. I'm hoping Cody is with Rex. Um, but again, we don't know what happens to Cody. He's he's probably gonna bite the dust. Very, very sad to say. This is a really, really sad episode. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, but going back to the actual episode, there's an avalanche. Um Mayday pushes uh crosshair away, the snow covers everyone. Uh, and then you see, um, you know, Crosshair kind of crawl out of the snow. He he finds Mayday. He's badly injured, and he tells Crosshair to leave him. And it looks like Crosshair was thinking about it, but then he's like, "Nope, nope. He 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 saved my life. I got to save his." And then I think he's also like, you know, he's also getting to that point like slowly, like before we get to the very end. Of where he's like, you know, this is the right thing to do. This is, this is, this is what soldiers do. In a way, he is my brother, um, even though he's not, you know, um, part of Clone Force ninety nine. Yeah. And he just he drags him through the snow for miles, like miles and miles. How did we feel about him, uh, kind of saving him? I thought it was awesome that he had that that much dedication and like that, like he knew that's what he had to do and he stuck with that. And that's not something that I think Crosser would have done last season or even at the beginning of this season. And that to me also shows his progression. And I thought it's like it again, I think I've said it like four times now this episode, but it shows Crosshair's transformation back into like, I'm a clone. I'm not a soldier of the empire. Yeah. I I was also really surprised that he, I was also really surprised that he didn't get frostbite at all. (laughs) Wait, are are you telling me that you're trying to put logic into star Wars again? Uh, no, (laughs) I don't even think Crosshair would have done in like season seven of the Clone Wars. Like the guy who was so adamant that they don't usually work with regs. Yeah. Absolute detestation, even for Cody at that point in time. He was just very against it. And 
we saw him save his life. I can't even stand like waiting for a bus in a snowstorm for like ten minutes <laughs> without being like, "All right, I'm not even going to class today. It's not worth it." So that dedication is more than admirable. I so I'm I'm the opposite. I love the cold, right? And there's been definitely days here where I show up and I'm wearing shorts and a short sleeve shirt, and then everyone else coming into work is wearing like a winter jacket. And yeah. I'm and and, and they're eh. like, dude. Oh, they're like, dude, what's your problem, man? Hey, and I'm I love the like, cold what? too, but I don't like snow pelting me in the face. The power, <laughs> the power of Michiganders. Yes, <laughs> strong, pure, pure Michigan. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, but you guys are a different breed. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, we then follow them all the way back to the base, and when they get back to the base, they see that they didn't even sound on a rescue party. They're putting in all of the new armor and in, in, uh, into the ships. And Lieutenant Nolan walks over and he's like, wow, you guys finally showed up. And 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 Crosshair's like, he needs help. He needs medical condition. This was the very last straw for Crosshair. He was hoping that for all that he's done for the Empire, that the Empire would help him here. And... Lieutenant Nolan sealed his fate by saying, uh, no, I no. it's, it's his time to die. He served his purpose. And then you see him die. You see, uh, him pass away from his injuries. So I don't think it was going to really help like with the team coming in anyways. Um, uh, like to come in and, and try and save him with, um, medical supplies. But you see this just, this this spark in crosshair just kind of um these gears turn and then you just kind of see him snap and then you see him just like um he's tired he's tired of like of serving the empire because he feels like he's done a lot for it and he has nothing to show for it um uh and they're just they keep treating him like crap and i think that was the breaking point and then you see him shoot Lieutenant Nolan. That was a super, super intense scene. Like, and even me watching it, probably just because I care about the clones so much, feeling this like seething rage (laughs) at the lieutenant, being like, okay, you don't talk about clones that way. And obviously, Crosshair felt the same way. Um, And he got up, just single shot down. And that's all Crosshair had energy for. And it's again, like it's something else that I think it shows how, how motivated he is now by this transformation to be like, okay, the empire is wrong. Like that got him up from collapsing on the ground. And that was like all the energy he had, he dumped into standing up for his fallen brother. And that was really meaningful, I thought. Yeah. Again, there was a lot of sadness in this episode. <laughs> um, but I think it, it, it was definitely necessary for Crosshair's growth as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see him like kind of use all of his strength to, you know, shoot him down and then you see him collapse and then the stormtroopers come over uh and the screen goes black he then wakes up which 
I think we all suspect that he's back at Mount Tantus. Yeah. Uh, and they are, you know, going to do some cloning, more cloning experiences on him. Do you think that we'll find out that he never took out his chip? Or do you think that they did and they're just going to put in a new one? I don't know. With the way he acted in this episode, I, I'm i almost starting to believe Crosshair that he had the chip taken out. Okay. Josh? I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I'm I'm expecting like a fact. I think the, the way to make it hurt the most would be that the lady who stood next to Scorch last week, amazingly, uh, is just going to like factory reset Crosshair in some way, either with the drugs or a new chip or empowering a chip if he never got it removed, whatever that may be. Uh, I... I think it hurt the most to see, like, have this entire episode of building, of showing Crosshair, like, finally breaking free of the hold the Empire's had on his mentality. And then she's like, eh, let's just restart the computer, and we're back to normal. Yeah. Yep. And that's, I mean, I could see them doing a thing where, like, if they do that, and they do run into, um, and when the i okay so here's my theory i think the way that it will all tie in together is sid will sell out the bad batch uh in some way and then they'll capture omega and then they'll go to uh then the bad batch will go to rex and be like hey we need to save omega yeah that's when you see all of the you know clones kind of rally like together yep uh And they just <laughs> storm the mountain, and uh, and you see like that Lord of the Rings Return of the King reference in our group chat that I was talking about, and 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 they just charge it. They like go on in. They end up running into Crosshair. You like kind of see of what Rex kind of you know what what what, what happened to Rex during Order sixty six of where he was trying to fight it, and maybe you see like kind of Crosshair kind of shed a tear. And he's like, you know, I don't want to do this. And then he ends up fighting, you know, one of them. He kills one of them by accident. Um, well, not by accident, but oh. like, but like under the control of the chip. Oh, that would uh, hurt. Yes. So yes. Bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, and then the and then the fight ensues from there. But I think that's how it will cross over of of where like of where Crosshair will see them again because Omega gets captured and said you know that and she sells out the bad batch i think that's the future um that we're heading in and if they don't have said betray the bad batch i'll be surprised me too yeah yeah uh is there any final predictions any final thoughts (laughs) i i mean i have to say that like my internal theory is pretty similar to yours that it the end of the previous episode hinted at them wanting Omega at Mount Tantus to get um Nalsei there. Yeah. Um and then however that happens, I feel like they've already hinted at Sid turning on the Bad Batch. I feel like she's gonna cue the Empire into wherever the Bad Batch is at 
Bad Batch is going to, or sorry, the Empire is going to take Omega back to Mount Tannis, like you said, and that's going to be the culmination of this season. This whole season has been, we've been seeing the Bad Batch in their current life of kind of like how they've set themselves up in the world. They have, yeah, like it's not working great with Sid, but they're, the Empire doesn't know they're alive. We've kind of just seen them kind of be more docile this season and just trying to make ends meet. And so having this season end with that entire world crumbling around them with, you know, Scorch is tasked with finding out who that ship was. He's going to find the batch. Sid and the batch are very much at odds and that relationship could end, you know, in a split second, either in Sid giving them up or the batch giving up Sid and just leaving her behind. Yeah. Uh, we have the need for Omega to be on Tantus. We have Crosshair back on Tantus. It all is it's, connected. It's, it's all, all starting to come together. Uh, and I'm really excited to see how the batch reacts to this, especially how Hunter reacts to this. You know, we have, we've had this character who's been so devoted to only taking care of his crew, only even taking care of the batch. You know, Echo left because Hunter was, he, Echo wanted to help all the other clones. And Hunter was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to help my crew. Like, my crew is who I care for. Anyone else can, you know, do whatever they want. He doesn't really care. So seeing, I, I really, I really am excited to see how Hunter reacts to how the world around him really is caving in. And I want to see how he reacts to having to care for more than just yeah. the batch, more than just his inherent crew i think that all right i i think the best way to describe um of what's coming ahead is the um is the end of season two of star wars rebels of where we see um just the whole team kind of in shatters you have uh you have Ahsoka where we think she's dead. You have Kanan where he's blind. You also have, you know, the part where you think Ezra is going to turn to the dark side. Like, there's a lot happening in the group. And I think something big is going to happen at the end of the season that's that that's going to, um, sadly, you know, make a huge impact on the group. Um, and it's not going to be a happy one. It's, it's time a for a impact. big status quo change. Yeah. And, However that comes about. And right. I would love to see that status quo change come at the hands of Delta Squad. <laughs> <laughs> it all has led to gosh. this. I wouldn't be... I honestly, I'll put it on the record. I wouldn't be mad if a bad batch member died at the hand of a member. Oh my god! Jeez. Okay. All right. Well, I wouldn't be mad about that. I feel okay. like it fit really well. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty-four-seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, and I know all you've been waiting for my Easter egg from Indiana Jones this episode. Well, I was surprised what? that we haven't gotten that. Oh, don't worry. I was just saving it for the last moment. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. So in the Temple of Doom, you have them. Uh, you, uh, you have them, uh, go, uh, in the plane 
and it crashes into the mountain, right? Like in the, in the snow and everything. And this episode, we're also in the snow and there's mountains. <laughs> You're going to locale for your Indiana Jones reference? I got more Indiana Jones in Mando this week, I'll say. With yes. The yeah. Kali Ma like torture yeah. gamer. Yeah. But- Which. That was the next thing I wanted to talk about because I know we have all of our thoughts about that. So we can quickly like um, talk about that because, man, this this episode of The Mandalorian as well was it was very, very impactful for The Mandalorian people. And just like this other episode of The Bad Batch was very impactful for Crosshair. Like there was so much like world building and just everything. I loved it. Seeing seeing the inside of the Capitol, like yes it which again we just talked about this like on on the episode that that we had for the mandalorian breakdown but seeing um live action mandalore as sad it, as it looks it was great to see it live action of just yeah. the giant like you know you know of the columns and in 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 the city inside oh man awesome so cool so cool can't believe that we got you know clone wars to where we are now because it's yeah. it's fantastic. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Um, how did we feel about it? Our like overall thoughts. I loved the episode. I thought it was great. Um, I like all the the world building. Like you said, seeing Mandalore in this state when we're used to it being, I don't know if you call it in its prime, but in a very well off place in the Clone Wars, and now seeing it here. Um, I also really enjoyed seeing R5 and there's a whole bunch of droid builder things that I could talk for probably another 45 minutes about with like behind the scenes type things. Could you maybe kind of minus that down into like a minute or two? Yeah, I guess it it boils down to really one scene in specific. So when R4 drops out of the bottom of Din's ship, he lands which one, I can't imagine dropping a truck like that and just having it stay on two legs. But the really, really cool thing about that, that I think a lot of fans take for granted just because of CG. So that's a practical droid. He lands, he kicks his front leg out and rolls off. So that is only possible because of the droid builder community. They only awesome. had one droid ever in the filming of the movies that had the capability to go from three legs to two legs. I knew we didn't see R4 go from two to three and then back to two again, but presumably based on the way that motion happened, it looks like it would be possible. But in the movies, they only ever had one droid that could go from two legs to three legs, and it had some massive pneumatic actuators in there, and they actually had to hook that droid up to compressed air to get those cylinders to fire for that scene and that r2 only did it once in a new hope i believe and he was hooked up to air cylinders and since then technology has gotten better and the fan community has engineered some amazing solutions to getting that internal mechanism to work and it's super cool to see all that come to fruition and you can see the drive wheels in that uh that the omni wheels yeah so you'll notice when he drops down and goes from two legs to three legs he has a front center 
uh, rubber drive wheel and or sorry, not a center, but a, a front drive wheel into the side legs and then a Omni wheel in the back, which is a certain type of robotics wheel that allows yeah. like lateral motion as well. And then you see in the later scenes that he only has a single drive wheel underneath the okay. side foot shells. So that tells me that there is at least two R4s that were on set for this. And I love that it's just like it is just a shot just to show the leg extending. Like it is, it's, it, that's, dude, it's, it's all just it's a all flex. There. It's yeah. just the droid builder flex. <laughs> I mean, now they have they have fans doing it too. Mike Senna is a guy who's been a huge part of the droid builder community for a long time now, and now he is like the main droid dude for all these Star Wars shows that they're making in SoCal right now. And that turns two minutes into an hour. And no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. Uh, that was uh, th- that was awesome. That was so cool. I could tell how <laughs> I could tell how you were holding all that in for like a while, and you were just like, "All right, here we go." Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so cool. Yeah, no, I uh, I loved seeing R5 again, and I love how um, how Pelly was just trying to build our five up as as like this great hero droid and we all know he's the droid that that had a bad motivator and and uh and and a new hope so all right do you guys do you guys believe that the bad motivator was on purpose and he did it because right i was that was in a certain point of view book yeah it was in a certain point of view um which is canon isn't there somewhere where it says he's force sensitive? That's Legends that, when it was a yeah, force yeah. sensitive droid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the worst thing I've ever heard. Well, like I hate Aside it, but I from love it. Green Bunny Rabbit Bounty Hunter, that old mm. Han Solo comic. But well, and so something about Legends too was that um, uh, I'm just thinking about um, uh, about. Uh, something uh that that was legends and canons which i found in obi-wan kenobi but apparently uh uncle owen was the brother of obi-wan kenobi in legends which i didn't know that Hmm. yeah uh and this came from a fan i vote for more droid dude I'm hundred percent down. I am so down for that i wish i was at your panel to the scene from the trailer where they're at the droid bar oh dude yeah set me free i'll go (laughs) Um, you get to do what star couldn't do today <laughs> yeah yeah um we can like do some type of themed episode of uh i mean of where like the background is like hunter with all of his droids and then we just right. have hunter like like just, just yeah. screen up breaking hunter down that of, like, entire scene of being there's like a fireplace in the background <laughs> and hunter's just like having a drink <laughs> yeah yeah no, no yeah no he's like hey yeah. so droids huh well, guess what? This whole didn't scene even notice you there. Crazy. I'm just having, I'm, I'm having a drink with my droid here. If you'd like to learn more, uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be sure to hurry and get the drink tray done for S two. So at the beginning of that segment, he can bring me my drink. <laughs> oh man, well, I okay. I am gonna make that happen, Hunter. That's we right. are we I'm are down. we're Great. definitely doing that. I think my favorite thing about this episode, which was very unexpected, was seeing finally a live action mythosaur. Like that was incredible. I loved 
Oh my that gosh. Thing is huge. Huge. I, I said it in chat and I'm gonna say it again. I'm so happy it has a flat face for one. Yes. And it isn't yes. like a regular dragon. Like it yeah. matches the skull. Yeah. That's everywhere. It's oh, it's great. And I love it being aquatic. Yes. I love being aquatic yeah. for a change rather than just being a like sort of crate dragon type thing. Like where yeah. you know, obviously a lot of anatom anatomic bio bio anatomy changes that's the word <laughs> Besides a bunch of different stuff like anatomy was like just you know being a desert dragon which is kind of what it felt like in legends having it be this like aquatic giant flat headed beast yeah. <laughs> i um i can tell you right now it's going to be crazy to see it w when it actually comes out of the water and everything i'm really hoping that we actually get to see that i want to know what its bottom jaw looks like like that like from what we saw of where she goes in the water and saves din and then he like she goes back up like that thing is massive like that like um first off just everything with like the mines and everything was definitely reminding me of the hobbit um in the lonely mountain um yeah. when yeah and i i would love to see the mythosaur like the size of of smog and and like of of just that size, I think that would be great. Um, yeah, I think he's even bigger than Smog. Oh, oh I think he's bigger. Like, what sucked Din down into the that place? Like the myth is no, so I think Din. I think he fell. Yes. Yeah. I think Din's just an idiot. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. He's like, ah, yes, I'm being redeemed, and just totally doesn't pay attention to anything. And like he the just... fact that he's in an underground mine, and there's a lake, like. And the fact that he just rule of like a rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was what, like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, that's the second time Bo saved him from almost drowning. Yeah. But I just keep hearing from people being like, man, he's just straight up dumb. Cause he just keeps <laughs> getting like, like, he just keeps getting like hurt and like captured. And he's not like winning fights. And, and I'm just like, listen, so Din I, has a lot going on. Everything I'm, I'm else in this episode, like, I don't. Like I wouldn't call him dumb for getting captured yeah. by that big crab thing with the Kazdan Paratus looking dude inside. Yeah, no one saw that coming. That's such a sick design. Yeah, right. So it's like I wouldn't call that, or even him being jumped by whatever those other aliens were called. I wouldn't even call that like him being dumb. He's in this super yeah. new environment, doesn't know what to expect. Right. But like common sense, you should look where you're walking. <laughs> Why'd you take off your jetpack, man? Well, um, well, well. The other thing that we talked about on our on a breakdown episode of this is, which I'm not seeing if if you guys seen the reviews, but apparently, um, this is a very low rating to to some different um to like the to like the higher up people. Like for for example, for IGN, they give this episode a five out of ten because what? of the lighting. About uh, uh, um uh, uh uh apparently the like lighting was really bad and they're like we like couldn't enjoy it because it was so dark and I was like, I mean I did watch it like with all the lights off so it was yeah. like kind of a movie theater vibe but I didn't think it was that bad. No, no, I, I didn't think it was bad. Some some people were comparing it to the big fight scene that they have in Game of Thrones, and then I was like, no, 
Like it, 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 it was not that dark. So I don't know where that was coming from. But I think the lighting I, was enough to convey the atmosphere it needed to. It, it was a lot of ambient light. Yeah. Like there was not a lot of direct source lighting, which is almost new for the show from what I can remember. Did they also um, think it was, that... It was all very like more natural yeah. with some slight ambience. Well, did they also think there was just going to be a bunch of lanterns just turned on for like since the bombing of of the city, and then they would just walk on through? Because I, yeah, Yeah. though, but yeah, no, I I love the episode. Um, I the the weird droid creature thing that threw me off of seeing the eye of it reminded me of a Dalek from Doctor Who, where it's not like in its armor. Yeah, yeah. I got like General Grievous and then also the yeah. uh, monk droids in Jabba's palace. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit from, but uh, I feel like so far season three of Mando has felt more like a binge show format. If that makes sense. Like it feels, it very much feels like the streaming TV style of episodes as opposed to season one and two having a very episodic, like, I feel I felt like those were like Sunday morning cartoon almost vibes yes. of like an episode you watch every week where it felt like you were watching a almost like a small movie where it had a beginning, a middle, and end, and it had an overarching thing. Like it felt like a very classic TV show, where this feels much more almost quote unquote Netflix in its vibe. It feels very like binge worthy, where everything kind of just melds into the next, and it's not as contained as uh, previous seasons were. But it's still a fun episode. Yeah. Yeah, I cannot wait until season. I'm not until season. Uh, <laughs> season. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know season what? I'm, 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 I'm just done with this season. I just can't wait to the next one. No, I, 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 I can't wait until the next episode because I think we're going to see um, Bogotan kind of process everything. Yeah. Uh, and then Din was knocked out, of course. So he'll wake up and he'll be like, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah unless it comes out of the water and like tries to attack them or something well we also have armor and book of boba saying like a mythosaur rising would be the start of a new age of mandalore we have also so incredibly happy that this season has ended like din's quest in episode two like i thought this was going to be a whole season of him getting to the minds of mandalore redeeming himself just like how last season was an entire season of getting grogu to jedi it felt like that was the entire season. Yeah. This one, we've already done that. So now we have six episodes of, I have absolute, I, well, some general idea, but like we don't have a predetermined large-scale quest that Din's on. Mm-hmm. He's going to try and get to. So it's all going to be new. It's all going to be things we haven't seen. And I'm really excited about that. Could you see him going back to the armor and like him trying to show like proof and she's like uh nope that's not technically right you have to go do it again and he'll be like oh man <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> i think it'd be really fun if din's version of proof is him miraculously showing up on the mythosaur <laughs> that would well um, yeah, yeah. He's like hey how's it going remember how last time you guys had like the combined brain power of a cabbage trying to fight off that alligator beast until i came in I want a mythosaur now. <laughs> Am I redeemed? <laughs> yeah, like uh, and uh, and and the only way to um the only way to transport the mythosaur through hyperspace is the same way they do in the new Lego Star Wars game, where they have to put it in the crate behind the ship. And then <laughs> that's like, why we saw the purple. <laughs> 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 
That's why we saw the Purgle in episode one. The Purgle are going to transport the Mythosaur. Oh, okay. Cool, yeah. cool, that's the whole, cool. That's the only reason we, that we saw Got it. it. It's Chekhov's <laughs> Purgle for transporting Mythosaurs across the galaxy. Boom. There you go. There you go. Well, yeah, no, that was that was definitely hype. That was uh, amazing. Now, Mythosaur's bottom jaw, really bad. I want to see how the jaw actually works on it. Now that we know it's like an animaton, like like it matches the skull for the front face, where it just has these huge buck teeth. Like, how does it? <laughs> how does that work? Yeah, because it's yeah, because it will be yeah, like, like that. how does yeah. that eat anything? Mm-hmm. Or those like straws instead of teeth? We've been thinking yeah, about just it wrong. Big, big straws. <laughs> yeah yeah oh man yeah no oh man i am i am definitely excited to you know see more and and again i i loved how this whole episode kind of felt like a history lesson and we also learned about um uh about the uh pokaten's dad and um which we never really got a mention of uh i think i think other josh um or ben said that they would love to see um Christopher Lloyd, um, like in a flashback, playing the dad of Satine. Yeah, and uh, and Bogotan. I think that would be really cool. Uh, but yeah, no man, I I love this episode, and it makes me more excited for like like the future of Star Wars because we're also getting Ahsoka, we're also getting Skeleton Crew, we got Jedi Survivor. We have a lot going on. We have Star Wars Celebration next month, and they did announce they are doing the live stage. Um, so. So they will be streaming the 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 panels and everything. Um, have it the podcast will will be there. Super exciting. Um, I'm nervous because I've well, it's like I'm more of that excited nervous because it's like oh, it's a, it's a new country, but also it's Star yeah. Wars, so it's gonna be great. Uh, like it is coming up fast. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just I, I'm just bummed that I'm not gonna be able to be able to take my armor. I mean, I could take my armor. I could definitely take my TK if I wanted to, but it would just be a lot of work and a lot of money. Yeah, and... I I flew with my fixer armor for Celebration Anaheim, and that was yeah. a hassle and a half, yeah. and yeah. also just like scary. Yeah, <laughs> like doing like small baby repairs, like with a bottle of CA glue I bought from some like hobby shop, just like <laughs> regluing on like the knuckle, yeah. like the knob on the knuckle plate yeah. and things like that. I uh, I took. Uh, I took Anakin to celebration, and Hunter knows this, but I wore my boots for nine hours on the plane. Yeah. Oh. But hey, listen, that like group picture and everything that we did, totally worth it. Totally yes. worth it. I'm debating uh, flying as Han Solo for the Halcyon, just like going into South, <laughs> like going to South of Carolina. I'm just like already in Han. Um, which version of Solo are you doing? Are uh, you doing the Star version Wars from Solo? Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. I've, been, I've wanted to do that costume since the movie came out. I was going through my phone, yeah. and I had, like, reference pictures in, like, 2018 or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. Like, before I even started costuming in general. Yeah. I really wanted to do it. I was doing all the references. I just never could find out how to do it. So, yeah, yeah I'm excited to do it. Everyone's dressing up fancy, and I'm just like, I'm just going to be Han for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that. Fun. All right, well, uh, well, we're on Instagram. Uh, go go follow us on Instagram at Star Stuff Podcast. We're on Twitter at Stuff Pod. We're also on Patreon at uh, uh, Star Wars Stuff Podcast two one eight seven. We got some great content on there. We're on TikTok. Um, we're we also have a Gmail Star Stuff Podcast Gmail dot com. We're in a, we're on Facebook Star Stuff Group and Star Stuff Podcast Group. Uh, please go on Apple's um, Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Go and follow our great friends. Um, 
I didn't update this. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, J guy Hunter. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, and, and then cloning around Josh, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at redacted cause I'm not putting my address here, but, uh, on Instagram, <laughs> clone and underscore around. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. So, um, yeah, no, oh, man. Um, there's so much happening in the Stars universe, and we have a lot of great people in in the community. Hunter and Josh and Star and just everyone that comes on here are just fine examples of that. And and if you're ever interested in costumes or any of that stuff, or, or just want to join the Pavel first or anything, go and um, check out their social media because they do so much and they may not realize it, but they honestly are like fantastic, you know, humans, like they're wonderful. Go and, ch and check out their stuff. Um, from Josh Hunter and I may the force be with you always. <laughs>